At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Before we begin this week's episode of Morningside Hoops, we wanted to inform you that due to COVID-19 concerns and safety protocols within the University of Pennsylvania and Columbia women's basketball programs, this Friday and Saturday night's scheduled home games for the Columbia women's basketball team were postponed. Both games will be rescheduled for a date and time to be determined. That being said, this week's episode of Morningside Hoops will only include an interview with Jaden Cooper of the men's basketball team. We will speak to the women's basketball team again next week. Happy New Year! Welcome in. It's Morningside Hoops. We're back. We took a little bit of an unannounced break after uh, the doubleheader that we had there on December 13th, but we are back now. Uh, I'm Kyle Matrician, joined by Mike Kowalski this week. Mike, good to see you in person. This is the first time I've actually seen you in person in a while. Yeah, things are a little different than they were uh, December 13th, our last uh, home men's games at least yes so, yes the uh, women did play uh yeah. this past sunday but we we took a bit of a pause there for our podcast for a number of reasons obviously the holidays and finals we were already scheduling uh like a week layoff in between there but then with all the COVID issues uh in the country and affecting a lot of the college basketball programs uh we just didn't want to risk anything didn't you know didn't there are more important things there are more important things (laughs) just let people enjoy their holidays uh you know our basketball teams hadn't played it's not like there was a game to talk about so uh, we we took a little bit of an unannounced break but we are back now uh on a weekly basis for the new year in 2022 and speaking of a new year we've got a new host not that Aliyah's gone Aliyah will be back but for this episode we've got a new co-host uh, some of you may have seen his name on our website so far this year. Some of you may have seen his name as he uh, likes to uh, share some of our content that we post on social media. Uh, Matt Sugum joining us uh, for this episode. Matt. How's everybody doing? How are Thank you? you me. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. It's been uh, it's been a fun few months covering Columbia Athletics. Yes. So it's uh, good to go from writing about it to talking yes. about it with you guys. Matt's uh, written some of our game stories for uh, how many of you? Well, you've written some football stories this year for us for our home games. Correct, yes. Uh, you've written some basketball stories for us on both the men's and women's side. Uh, have you, have you, did you write any stories like field hockey or anything yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, we did some, some feature other feature yeah, stories. Oh, you did, yeah, you've been doing yeah, some feature yeah, stories yeah, for us soccer. and not just game recaps. So, but yeah, we'll try yeah, and hit every 28 sports before I get we, out here. 31. 31. 31. Oh, yes. Well, it's 28 different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, you've been doing a great job for us, so we really, we really appreciate it. Yeah, you got, you do some great stuff. I remember uh, during the men's soccer season when they, when they started 1-0 and everything was uh, great. The uh, highlights. That you, uh, 
you wrote a really nice piece on uh, Ryan Kipnis and uh, Jake Novoselsky. Yes, I'm glad you didn't ask me the names. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seems like a lot of time. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm surprised I remembered them, to be honest with you right now. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Matt. Uh, you know, where'd you grow up? Uh, how'd you get into what you're doing now? And, uh, you know, why, why us? Yeah, sure. So I'm a Jersey boy, born and raised. Uh, Bridgewater, New Jersey okay. is where I grew up. Central Jersey, for those who believe that Central Jersey exists. Central uh, Jersey exists. My brother-in-law will appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't go far for college. I went to Rutgers. Uh, graduated there in 2011 with a degree in journalism, media studies, and sociology, and started uh, freelancing and uh, working in the sports industry. I actually wanted to do more of talk radio in college. I did uh, internships at like Sirius XM NFL Radio and WFAN and was, you know, Ooh. just always sports What did you do at WFAN? I mean, I listened to it a lot, so i got to ask. Like uh, tape op, you know, like all the basic stuff. But it was cool. It was. I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> <It was laughs> He's like, you know, all the basic stuff, tape op. I'm just like, no, I haven't done it before. So I don't. No, it was, yeah, it was all. They actually don't have an internship program anymore. I was okay. probably one of the, the last class. This was way back in 2011, but it was cool because like it, you, I, you had three different shifts. You know, one was the morning shift, one was at middays, the other one was like the afternoon night. So you got to see a little of uh, of everything from uh, the morning show to uh, Mike Francesa, who is you know just as. Uh, Did you get to meet him? Yeah, if you want, well, I did. Do you want to hear my Mike Francesa's story? I would love story? to. <laughs> we, we would love to. So this was when I got the evil eye from Mike Francesa. This was probably couple weeks into this internship the morning show tape op guys name was nick colombo it was when it was boomer and, and carton at the time yeah. before the kid nick tells me in the morning you know it's like one of my first shifts he's showing me how to transfer a phone from the newsroom you know when get a call and how to put them on hold and transfer it to somebody else in the newsroom or somebody in the production room all that stuff and he's like i guarantee you the first phone call you get you're gonna screw it up <laughs> and i had a double shift because I didn't want to commute twice a week, so I asked the Eddie Scazzeri, who was the internship guy, if I could do like a double shift one day. So I worked literally from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. because the shifts were six hours. Yeah. Uh, and that afternoon, I get a call during the afternoon show out in the newsroom. Hi, it's Roe. Is Mike there? So I put it on hold. I asked Dove Kramer. There's a Roe calling for Mike. I don't know who this is. And he has me go get, uh, who was the producer for Mike at the time? Forgetting who the producer he, he used to run around Ray Martell. Okay. The, this this is really inside radio for all the <laughs> I WFAN li listeners. So, so he was like always running around like crazy, and I go into to the production room and and tell him like there's a row for Mike, and it ends up being his it's wife. Roseanne, his wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I you know I didn't you don't know yeah. think of that at the time. So I have her on hold. Nobody told you Mike's wife's name. Right, right. Yeah. And I'd already <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'd like already picked up like can I ask who's calling for Mike? Because it's like. Mike Francesa is on the air and someone's yeah. calling the yeah. newsroom. I yeah. can't just run in there and be like, somebody's on the phone yeah. for you. Yeah. And it ends up being his wife. And then she's on hold for a few minutes. And by the time he comes out from break out of the newsroom, I'm sitting on like one end of the table like you are here. He's all the way at the other end of the newsroom. And he's like, transferred over to whatever number it was. Pick it up. Go to transfer. Like Nick Colombo tells me. You screwed it I up. I screw it up. <laughs> I hang up on Mike's wife. And I didn't. I just looked right at my screen. And just I could feel his eyes just staring at me. And he knows yeah. the number. He can call back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, uh, that, was my th that was my run with Mike Francis. I never oh, had. Uh, amazing. <laughs> no, but no, there's really not much more. Um, I started. I got into to writing more after college. I've uh, been freelancing. Um 
since then was a career freelancer mainly with the the AP. So this is actually I think this is getting to be season nine where I'd be covering college basketball for them, which is mainly what I do. I do nice. a little everything. Yeah, but you said you were just at the Prudential Center recently. Oh no, you're going to be at the Prudential I'll, Center. Yeah, I was probably you go to there the recently, Center a lot. recently. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pretty much anything in the New Jersey and New York area, you know, that they'll throw my way, I'll take. But uh, it's been a lot of college basketball and been recently transitioning from the newspaper business into the your guys side of things of marketing and communication well, getting out of the newspaper business is probably yeah. a good call yes yeah <laughs> probably getting in was never really the best call but i was stubborn and said you know what i saw mike and tony kornheiser doing it on pti this is what i'm gonna do and uh here we are and uh I nice yeah got into columbia uh now a couple of years ago before this whole COVID thing and for a strategic communication program and ended up linking up with uh with you guys and uh, it's been a fun experience nice right, two questions before oh. we kind of before we turn this into yeah. a basketball yeah. podcast best overall event you've covered in your time writing like it generally speaking or like yeah the best game that you've been able to report on or you know write on well i th- so i didn't really cover it i'm gonna give you a, a double answer sure. here the first one is i i was at i was uh in college, um, my senior year for the Big East tournament, when Kemba Walker mm-hmm. hit the uh, jumper from the elbow I against was also, Pitt, I was also a senior in college that year oh, at St. Right. John's. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I was a senior I, at St. John's and St. John. I, that was a very exciting year for St. John's. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I was. Li- yeah, that was it. That was uh, Steve Lavin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they beat. Yes, they beat Pitt at the Garden. They beat also Duke Mike at the Rice's Garden. Also, first year, I think too, which is probably an error of record basketball. <laughs> you don't want to talk about, but yes, that was. Uh, so I was like literally up in like the 300, you know, nosebleed, like odd, uh, media section with mm-hmm. like my student WRSU credential or whatever. And so I, that's like one of those games that's kind of like instilled in my memory of probably where I fell in love with like college basketball and everything. Um, but I wasn't, I guess, technically covering right. it. So I'll give you a more recent one of the, the Ron Harper, uh, uh, buzzer beater at half court to be number one Purdue was, yeah. uh. Back page in the New York Post. I mean, that's it's that was the game of the night at the time. It's uh, but I would say in general, the Big East tournament yeah. is just my favorite. Madison Square Garden, yeah, the it's Big East tournament. Yeah. It just even even still like now it's not the you know the Big East that what we were just talking about. Yeah. It's still uh, West Virginia is not there anymore. I think so. you know, yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> <laughs> all three of us have Big East ties. I used to work at Seton Hall. Kyle obviously went to St. John's, yeah. and you know that's just a top notch event every single year. So. Well, yeah. and that, but I think that's part of it is Madison Square Garden is just I think that's my favorite arena like ever. You know, just it just and that's probably growing up yeah. near it in New Jersey. But yeah, the whole allure of the world's most famous arena and and all that and all just the, you know, I'm a big history guy. So we were kind of talking about it with the with going on different road trips and stuff. The different arenas. I mean, it's just uh, it's a it's a cool cool place, cool cool event. Um, Matt, everybody's kind of heard, you know, Kyle, Aaliyah, and my thoughts on the team so far. So, you know, getting a little bit more of an outsider's perspective, even though you've been here and you're within our, you know, department and everything, what are your takeaways been from both programs uh, in non-conference play? Uh, the start of non- uh, of Well, for women, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, at least. Uh, so for the women, I'll start l- ladies first. Uh, I think they're, you know, a well-coached, good basketball team that that's – you know, ready to make history. I mean, and obviously that remains to be seen over the next couple months of, you know, if they do it or not over the course of Ivy League play and, and winning a Ivy League tournament. But they're, it's very team-oriented basketball. Um, you can tell they bought into the system, bought into the culture, all that, both on and off the court. I mean, just talking to the girls. And, and you can tell uh, that there's, 
you know, a good chemistry with the team. Um, I, I think that t- 12-point comeback win against Yale says a lot. Uh, you know, we, we talked about Abby, not that we were trashing her for only scoring eight points, but when you're, you know, leading <laughs> scorer only scores eight points and you go on to have a big comeback win like that, I think that that's, could set a foundation for what this team could be uh, over the season. And I think, you know, between – they play good defense. They have a obviously a star player in Abby and – maybe even another one in Kitty and, and Caitlin as well. So they really have a couple a couple potential star Sienna players. And and but Sienna, it, it's, they have a, they have, they're deep. Yes, yeah. and, and you can tell. A lot of balance. And they know their roles as well um, on selfish basketball. So it's uh, I think it's really going to be an exciting uh, product to watch. And hopefully, uh, you know, even I think it was, what was the game right before uh, the break? Uh, that was LIU? a really good student section. Oh, the, the Stony the Delaware. Brook, the de- it was Del- oh, maybe it was Stony Brook that I missed in Delaware. See, they're all, all the games are blending oh, okay. together at this point. Okay. But the really uh, good student section was Delaware, and they won. Yes. And yeah, that was Abby hit the and one yep, yes. with 30 seconds left. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. you were at that game. Yeah, that was okay. one of those games where I had class and had to come in halftime. It's okay, but th- that was a good game to be at the second half. Yes, for. yeah, exactly. So, uh, yes, uh, I you know, overall, I think uh, the women's team, yeah, let's see if they uh, can actually, you know, make that uh, program history. And win, win that first Ivy title. title. For, uh, yeah. yeah for first Regular time. season or tournament. Yes, and definitely uh, primed and ready for it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And then for the men, I, I think it's a young team. Uh, injuries at the beginning of the year, as you know, you know that, that never helped. But kind of we talked about Ivy League play is uh, – the start of a, a, a refresh and kind of a reset button. I think uh, they can do that with, with where they have five first-year guys. And then you also take in your sophomores haven't really played yet either. So there's definitely, I think, going to be some a bit more learning curves maybe than you would see with the women's team just because of the balance of inexperience. But, I mean, uh, you know, being an underdog is, is to me is never a bad thing. It's uh, I think it's a motivational factor. You know, uh, really you're – Playing with house money, nothing to lose. So, and and I do think, like we've talked about, that they can definitely surprise some people in the Ivy League play. And uh, you know, we'll start to see this weekend. There's, you know, the men are back to zero and zero. The women one and zero because they've already played one game so far. Good winning against Yale. They are a little, you know, half game ahead. <laughs> All right, and that's going to do it for our introduction of today's episode. Uh, we really appreciated Matt jumping on and getting to know Matt. But stick around because Matt's going to join us as we talk to Jaden Cooper of the men's basketball team right after this. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G. O-N-E-P-T dot com for more information. All right, welcome back. It's part two of the Morningside Hoops podcast this week. I'm Kyle Matrician, joined 
as we said earlier, by Matt Suga. Mike Kowalski's here with us for the men's segment. He's going to listen in and uh, maybe chime in from time to time. We'll see. But uh, we are now joined by Jaden Cooper, a 6'3 first-year guard out of Goldsboro, North Carolina, by way of Wayne Country Day School. Jaden, thanks for taking some time to join us uh, today, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Uh, you know, a couple uh, fast facts on Jaden pulled straight from his bio. Uh, the 2021 Coastal Plains Independent Conference Player of the Year, nodding his head yes, so I'm glad that's <laughs> correct. And uh, he scored over 1,000 points and tallied more than 500 assists in his high school career. So, uh, Jaden, you know, talk about, talk about how you got into basketball first. I mean, uh, you know, I, I just listed a couple of fast facts about you from your high school playing days. But, uh, you know, just talk about your basketball journey first. Um, well, if you hear it from my mom, she's the one that taught us how to play, me and my other, um, other brothers. But Okay. Um, my dad, of course, you know, he played a long, played a big role in kind of molding us into, you know, the guards who we are today, me and my brother. And believe it or not, I was actually more so stuck on football than basketball. And a lot of people said, why you stop playing football and playing basketball? And you was better at football. But I think basketball has always had my heart from the beginning. So Nuts. Were you better at football? What do you think? Yeah. Um... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you play? What position were you? I played running back. And oh, really? Receiver. Yes, sir. Did you play in high school? No, my high school actually didn't have a football team, so oh, that's okay. where it really stopped. Okay. So. Well, did you? Uh, it w did that go into your high school decision to play at Wayne Country Day? Was because uh, for basketball? Yes, it was for basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, a lot of you know a lot of uh, you know once you think you're going to play basketball once you decide on a sport right. that kind of goes into your decision as to where you're going to play in high school, and I'm sure Wayne Country Day School is a good basketball school for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, but tell I want to hear a little bit more first about your about your running back. How long did you play <laughs> until? How old were you when you stopped? Um, so I started when I was about six, and I stopped in middle school, my eighth grade year. That was my last time playing football. What's your fondest uh, football memory? Um, big play. Did you pull off like a ninety-nine yard run? <laughs> Actually, I did. I have a few kick returns under my belt, so that's probably one of the you know the best memories I have. Just catching it and wow. you know running through the defense, and it's like wow, how's he doing this and stuff like that. So well, I know football might be looking for a new kick returner <laughs> with uh, Mike Russo's graduating, right? So I uh, hope Al Bagnoli isn't listening <laughs> to the to the podcast. Uh, but, Jaden, you've played in nine of the team's uh, first 12 games so far this season as a first year. Uh, so talk about what it's been like so far for you personally getting that college basketball playing experience as a as a rookie. Um, it's way different. You know, <laughs> obviously the transfer from college to basketball was – well, from high school basketball to college basketball was, you know, it's a different experience, a different level of competition that I must say. And, you know – I believe that, you know, coach is going to put us in the best positions to be successful as possible. So I'm, you know, putting all trust in him. And I know that, you know, the competition level is going to be a lot tougher, but I believe we're built for it and you know, we could do it. What's the transition been like going from, uh, you know, Goldsboro, North Carolina, up to New York City? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> the city that I'm from is just a small country town. So coming to the big – you know, the big city is just, it's a big difference, you know, more diverse culture. It's more fast-paced. A lot a lot of my friends be asking me why I walk so slow, why I'm moving so <laughs> slow. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm not used to this fast-paced life, you know. It's literally the city that never sleeps. I have to. I was googling right now where Goldsboro, North Carolina, <laughs> is because I don't know if you know. I lived in the southeast for five years. Okay. I went to grad school at East Tennessee, and then I lived in Spartanburg, South Carolina, for three years. Okay. Uh, but Goldsboro's not really. I was thinking <laughs> like maybe it would be over like in that section, but you're more you're more eastern section of North Carolina. Right. Little. How far are you from Raleigh? Because I'm seeing it's close to Raleigh here on the map. Like maybe an hour, hour it's and a half. About forty-five to okay. an hour. Yeah. Okay. So did you grow up, uh, you know, a fan of any of those teams on Tobacco Road there? Believe it or not, no. Okay. <laughs> um, of course, I got my, I have uncles and aunts that are Duke and Carolina fans, but my family never really was set on a team in the beginning. My dad, he always liked John Calipari and Kentucky, how they play. He just okay. like, so kind of grew up liking them and just never really have a set team. We just like different point guards and guards that play at different schools that are, you know, that were tough. I'm looking at I'm looking up Goldsboro now too. Thirty four thousand <laughs> people in two thousand nineteen. Thirty four thousand? Yeah. That's bigger than the city I grew up in, which I mean, it's just gold there's just more rural section obviously where you grew up in North Carolina. That's not that's not that small of a city. Thirty four thousand, right? C- compared to nine I million. Mean, compared well, to here. I know, I know. <laughs> so I know compared to New York City, but I mean as far as like regular cities go in normal yeah. parts of the country. Yeah. Just I feel like you probably go out to the low steps and there's like more people out there right. than you see yeah. downtown <laughs> of yeah. Goldsboro, yeah. It was, uh, I assume it's maybe like one of those towns where uh, you pretty much knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody to a degree. Much, when yeah. In high school. In high school, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knew you too, right? The <laughs> tall basketball <laughs> player. So, yeah. Well, speaking of you as a basketball player, uh, since it's your first time on the podcast, describe yourself as a basketball player for the people, you know, maybe who have seen you a little bit so far this season. Like, and when I say that, I mean, like, where do you pride yourself on the basketball court? Um, I would say, I don't know. I like playing defense. Well, I'm more so into defense now. Like, at high school, I didn't never really, you know, we was more so in zones. Now it's, man, of course we play zone here, but, like, it's yeah. more, more so guarding older guards now. So it's like. I'm beginning to take pride in my to my defense, and so I don't know. I don't really have a specific all around. Yeah, just I'll just say all around player. All right, I like team player. Yeah, for like sure. Team player. I was gonna say college basketball will do that to you. Yeah, you come to college basketball and all of a sudden it's like, oh, defense is important. Yes, very. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I didn't never play defense. It's just you gotta have. It's just not one specific thing that you have to be good at. It's got to be everything across all boards, like rebounding, defense, offense, making the right play at all times. So, are, are there any guards, whether it be college or pro, that you kind of mold your game after? Um, pro, I try to mold my game after Damian Lillard, but no, I, not necessarily mold it after him, but just take different right. pieces from different guards that I like. But him. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, just being fast with the ball and getting down the court. So I try to mold like that. You came in, uh, you're one of five first years in this class. So talk about that group of guys. And we've had a couple of them on the podcast so mm-hmm. far this year and uh, Jake and Robbie. <laughs> we, we, were, we were supposed to have uh, Noah on today, but he couldn't make it. And then yeah. we haven't had Geronimo on yet, right? Yeah, yeah. No, nah. Mike's, Mike's giving me the no nod. <laughs> uh, we will, for sure. Mm-hmm. But just talk about that group of guys first and kind of like the bond that you all have built uh, since you since came to campus. Um, 
when, we, when I say, like, we're close, like, brothers from the same mother, we have developed this bond over just over the summer, you know, being in contact with each other before the season started and even, becoming, even before coming to campus. And I love those guys to death, man. And it's like, uh, I don't know, it's, you know, sometimes you think about meeting new, when you meet new people, you don't, sometimes you don't connect right in that instance, but it's just like, from the jump since we met, we've been connecting, we got the same personalities, and I just love it, man. I love it's it, like man. us all right now. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. I feel the, felt the connection as soon as Jaden walked in the room. <laughs> so did I. I'm feeling the, the good vibes, the good chemistry. But but how does that kind of chemistry help you, you know, with the chemistry on the court when you guys have a relationship like that off it? It, may, it makes the transition on the court much, that much easier. So, you know, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. We know how to talk to each other, which, you know, communication is a big part of the game. And so just taking – how we are outside and applying it on the court and, you know, sharing the ball and just playing with each other. It's just like talking with each other back in the room. You know, it's just that simple, that easy. I was going to say chemistry is so big yeah. in college basketball mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like at, at this level, like, if you have chemistry, you know, like I feel like when, when your core group of guys, like, you know, right now you're, you're freshmen, first years, rookies, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, <laughs> And you're kind of you're kind of building that chemistry, right. but you know the closer I feel like the closer a group like that is as they as they progress through college, like when you're sophomores and juniors, like you see that on the court. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like you're passing the ball, knowing somebody's gonna be there before they're even there, right? Yeah. You feel like you know, do you feel like that you're already starting to see that this year? Uh, absolutely. You know, just coming in and you know. As a freshman, you don't necessarily know what to expect, but having a group of guys that you communicate with and have build this chemistry with, it makes it that more easier to adjust to this, you know, this level of basketball, as well as the other players on the court, the older guys who have more experience. So being able to build that communication, that chemistry first before getting on the court, it just made life a lot more easier. How's that been a little tougher this year, given obviously the COVID circumstances, yeah. right? You've had a couple pauses where you know you can get some momentum, and then you you don't see your your guys for a couple weeks. Um. Yeah, obviously, you know, COVID is real. We still have it going on today, but I believe you know the team is taking the initiative to take safety precautions so that we are able to play. Obviously, we can't help that other schools got it, but we can make sure that you know we stay safe, that we stay with each other and keep it lifting each other and you know so we'd be able to play this year and not have a repeat of last year yeah and uh you know we bring up covid and like you said it's a very real thing still uh last you know what was supposed to be your ivy league opener yeah. last sunday at yale got canceled because of covid issues within yale's program and I, a lot of programs are going through that uh right now you guys had another game canceled uh right. december 28th uh, that you were supposed to play, help me out here, Mike, at home against Maryland against Maryland Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad Mike is here. <laughs> we would have <laughs> a stuff. Uh, so you, by the time you play uh, this upcoming weekend here, Friday and Saturday against Princeton and Penn, you know that's January 7th and 8th. You guys haven't played a game since December 13th. Right. You know, so going on a month. So, I mean, has that kind of crossed? Your mind. I don't want you to think about that too much. I don't want to <laughs> mess you all up now. But uh, you know, has that you know how how have you guys been trying to deal with that? You know, or has have you just been like putting in the work every day and kind of putting that, not yeah, even thinking about what? that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been you know we've been in our garage just working really hard in practice, watching film, 
and just mentally preparing for, you know, the Ivies. And so with that being said, not saying that we should stress and, you know, be, oh, it's the Ivy League season because at the end of the day, we're just playing another basketball team. Yeah. And we know that if we come out and execute to our game plan, that all else will fall in our favor. So, so as a first-year guy getting ready for Ivy League play, what what's this winter break been like? Obviously, I'm sure it's a nice break from class and where you can really just focus on basketball yeah. for the first time in a while. It's just and nothing else changed. You're still in the gym, still putting up thousands of shots, getting the building the chemistry amongst us, and you know fixing any flaws that we have in our team as far as you know offense, defense working on it to become stronger and you know we're trusting each other more and I think that's going to play that's going to show up when we play this weekend coming up it's kind of apropos that you all get to start an Ivy League season even though it stinks last week got postponed right but you get to start with a back-to-back how it's <laughs> always been done the tradition right. we, you know right. Kyle was just talking about the tradition but like what have guys been telling you about preparing for that and trying to you know obviously you got to focus on Princeton on Friday but what you need to do Friday night so you're able to be ready to go on Saturday? Um, you know, obviously, you know, this is not the first time this came up. You know, this question that, you know, how are we going to be ready for both games? You know, it's a double hitter. Um, it start with, I'm going to say it start with Sunday. You know, taking care of our bodies, getting a lot of rest, you know, shooting extra shots, and just being mentally prepared for what we got and, I think the biggest thing is just being physically prepared to play two games back-to-back just like that. And so, yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing right now. And, you know, we constantly watching film, you know, going over what we need to do to execute in the game so that for that we don't have no surprises. And, you know, it's going to be a good weekend. I can't wait for it. <laughs> I've said this all year. You know, I said, don't sleep on this team. Uh, and I've said I've said this on this podcast. I said this to Mike. I mean, I know the results are what they are in the non-conference play, right. but I felt like, and Mike had this in his notes, like there was a, a, a more than the rest of the Ivy League schools, you know, you guys had so many new people on this team so uh, and yeah. so many new people playing. And then with Ike getting hurt in the non-conference, yeah. Yeah. it made it like even more drastic because Ike was like one of the few guys who had a lot of playing experience yeah. coming into this year. So I feel like you guys, I'm not sleeping on you guys. I hope nobody nah, else no is. sleep on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're young, but we're still full of hungry dogs, man. Like just, you know, and the sophomores, obviously it's their first year playing too, but they experienced that not playing the season, season being canceled. And so they're just as hungry as we are coming in as freshmen wanting to play and all that stuff. So don't sleep on us, man. We're going to shock shock everybody. Do you feel like starting Ivy League play kind of wipes the slate clean for you guys? Absolutely. You know, right now we're 0-0, just like a new game. The score is 0-0, and we got got the momentum, we got the initiative, and we got everything right now to – start something and build something special right now to, you know, just be ready. That's all I can say. Yeah. Just be ready. <laughs> What's the, uh, before we let you go here, what, you know, obviously the goal, you know, I could ask you what the goals are. Obviously the goal is to win. And right. I could ask you what your goals are for the season. And the goal is to, you know, wi- win as many Ivy League games as possible, make the tournament, win the championship, right. uh, all those kind of things. But, you know, for this weekend, what would you say, like, the team's goal this weekend is which will help you win the game? I would say stay calm, 
don't get no let's not get rattled with everything and obviously you know ivz is a big thing you know it's important to us but to stay calm stay cool under pressure and to execute our plan defense and offense you say stay calm. Are you excited about first Ivy League road game? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Right? But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, like I said, it's just another basketball game that we right. all been playing for all our lives. You know, so you know it's the, it's a hype it's a hype game. You know, Ivy's, but at the same time, we still gotta have the mindset. Okay, this is another team in our way to get to our destination. You know, what's it gonna be like with with fans and stuff back? I, I'm assuming that that do they have fans up at their I believe Princeton so. Princeton has fans. Penn does not have fans. Okay, okay so okay. you're going to go one and one. What's that kind of experience going to be like? I mean, I'm guessing high school is probably the last time you played in in, in yeah. atmosphere, in a way atmosphere. To have uh, raucous uh, crowds out in Goldsboro, North Carolina? Or <laughs> yeah, they do. They pack the gym, man. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, small. It's the event, yeah, it's the event of the, well, everybody's, event of the everybody's week. Everybody's into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I think we'll be fine. I'm not necessarily worried about the crowd, and you know, obviously that's a factor into playing the game. You know, having home advantage and all that stuff. But we're there for one reason only. That's to take care of business. You know, have not worry about the crowd. Have you played in one of these uh, no fan games before? It's they're they're weird. I, I ask because I feel like they're weird atmosphere. It's like, almost like a closed door scrimmage when, right. when they don't allow fans there. So like so college basketball. Yeah, or just in yeah, general? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so this will be an experience for you like that, right? right. Going and the from college one to the experience, other? yeah. Well, have you played in a no fans game in high school? Yes, I have played in in high school. You know, the COVID year, okay, like that. So we didn't really have fans. Everything was like live stream and stuff like that. So okay, I feel like though because the women just played, uh, and you were at that game right. last Sunday, the their Ivy League opener mm-hmm. at home against Yale, and I, I felt like once the once we got into the game, it didn't feel that. It didn't really feel that weird to me. Now, granted, I'm sitting right next to the team and, like, right. on that side of the gym, so I feel like it's louder over there because that's where the teams are. Right. But I guess you were sitting on the other side of the gym, well, so what s- for you? So I was going to say, to me, the biggest difference is that you can hear everything. Yeah. So you can always hear what the coaches are saying, yeah. okay. whereas where, where I can't when there's, you know, fans <laughs> yelling right. and stuff. But now I can hear exactly, you know, what the coach is yelling halfway across the court to you guys. And, uh, so so And I even think from a player perspective, because I mean, that's part of college basketball when you're in a – uh, an away arena and it gets loud. I mean, you yeah. can't hear what coach is saying to you. Well, that that's not going to be an excuse when there's nobody in the uh, in the in the stands. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll find. You'll find out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the road. You'll let us know. You'll Come have, back and yeah. let us know. You'll have fans at Princeton. Uh, Mike, please correct me if I'm wrong here. Friday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. and then at Penn. It's got to be Saturday. Oh, it's 6 p.m. He held up the 6. I would have got that wrong. Saturday, 6 p.m. at Penn. No fans uh, at the Palestra. So hopefully you guys make that uh, Columbia Lions home game at All the right. Palestra with no fans. You know? <laughs> don't got don't got to battle don't got to battle the fans. So <laughs> that's true. Oh, really, Jaden, uh, appreciate you yeah. coming on with us today, Thanks and we hope to you, have you. We, maybe we'll have you back later this season. Hey, you know, I'll be glad for the Ivy League <laughs> tournament. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. That was uh, Jaden Cooper, a first-year guard out of Goldsboro, North Carolina. And that's going to do it for our first episode of 2022. We want to thank Jaden Cooper once again from the men's basketball team for joining us today. Uh, Be sure to catch the men in action tonight, Friday, January 7th, against Princeton. They will tip at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. And then the men will visit Penn on Saturday, January 8th, 
at 6 p.m. That game will also be on ESPN+. Uh, next week, we'll, we will be talking to the women again as they get set to return from a slight COVID hiatus. Again, their games this weekend were postponed against Penn and Princeton, but they will return next weekend to play Harvard and Cornell. For Mike Kowalski and Matt Sugum, I'm Kyle Matrician. You can listen to every episode of Morningside Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you catch your podcasts. Morningside Hoops is there. Just be sure to search Columbia Athletics when looking for our podcast. Once again, I'm Kyle Matrician. This is Morningside Hoops Podcast, and we will talk to you again next week.